to episode 7 of Matire Gemi, a bi-weekly podcast where we help you learn about your Ayekoyo culture, history, and heritage in English and in a fun, light-hearted way. I'm Jerry Wadiho, your anchor, and I'm here with Wayaki Wageshaga, your cultural enthusiast who continues to immerse himself in learning the ways of our ancestors. So guys, I'm really excited about today's episode because today we go deep into the stages of life of Amogikoyo, right? And we look at this through two very important lenses. And as we go through the entire episode, you'll start to connect the dots between the ways of our ancestors, the ways they lived, and our current contemporary modern life. So these are the two lenses that we're going to look at on this podcast. The first is we're going to look at the ethical principles that governed the life of Amogekoyo. And as you listen to this, you will see the connection to Eastern philosophy, which is pretty fascinating, as well as New Age spirituality. But you'll also see how deep and rich our culture is. The second thing that we're going to cover today is we'll talk about the stages of a man and the stages of a woman, right, in our culture. And here's what you're going to discover. A, these are really relevant to the way you live your life today. Secondly, you'll see that our ancestors created a holistic person, right, through this approach to life. And they also created order within the society. And you'll find out why order, especially in the cosmos, is so important. And then lastly, you're going to see that everything that the Mogekoyo did was intentional and purposeful. And in life, no one was left behind. Okay, Waiyaki, are you ready to jump in? Yes, I am. Okay, let's do it. All right. So, all right, Waiyaki. So today we're going to talk about the stages of a Mogekoyo man and a Mogekoyo woman's life. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to dig in, right? Mm -hmm. Especially to see how this connects to our modern contemporary life. Okay. So my question for you, Waiyaki, is where do you want to start this conversation today? So I'd like to start it at the the purpose of life of a Mogekoyo. Mm-hmm. So every Mogekoyo, man, woman, child, had a purpose in their life. And it's something we've talked about before. And it's what we defined as ire and ireri. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember what ire and ireri means. I remember, just don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> So for our audience who didn't uh, didn't listen to the podcast before, mm-hmm. we defined ire as as uh, as wealth. Okay. Uh, and what the wealth what wealth stands for in the Agekoyo philosophy? Oh, let me remind you, there were five things. Right? Okay. okay. There were five definitions. Okay. Okay, you continue. So. <laughs> I'm glad you remember the fact that there were five. <laughs> At least I remember five. You are doing your homework. Mm-hmm. I see you. Mm-hmm. So uh, wealth is looked at in terms of five things where it's uh, health, uh, peace. Uh, that's number two. Wisdom and knowledge is number three. Children is uh, number four, which is the future, right? 
and then five is material possessions. And we said that uh, you may have money and material possessions, but you wouldn't be able to enjoy that th- that money or that wealth if you don't have the other four wealths. Yeah, so it's just a very uh, holistic definition of wealth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and then we talked about ireri. Mm-hmm. So ireri is the um, the honor or the legacy that a person possessed, whether they were alive, whether they were dead. And so that's what we say. When we say motigaire, nairere, we mean somebody who has left wealth and honor. When we say mweduo neire, nairere, we mean someone who is alive, but who has wealth and honor. Mm. So you could be a child, you could be a grown-up. If you're alive and you have wealth and honor, you you're a mweduo neire, nairere. I, I, you know, I just think, Koyaki, that it's so beautiful that, again, as a reminder, the purpose of Amogekoyo, the reason we existed, mm-hmm. right, was to build and to have ire na ireri mm-hmm. in this life and in the afterlife, in the afterlife. to have wealth mm-hmm. and honor. That's and correct. I think that that's just so beautiful. Fantastic. So then where do we take this conversation? So that's the purpose of Amogekoyo. All right, keep going. Exactly. So... With, with those two aims, uh, when a child is born, the blessings that they are wished for uh, or they are hoped for by their parents and by their ancestors is to pursue those two pillars mm-hmm. of our uh, philosophy. Yeah. And any philosophy has to have some ethical uh, aspects to it. So under Ireri and Ireri, uh, we have uh, so the Kikuyu philosophy or the philosophy that the Mogekoyo lived by was governed by five virtues. Okay. So the first virtue was honesty. You know, are you an honest per, uh, person? Mm. And not just honesty in terms of not being a liar. Uh, are you upright or do you have what is called Odhigu? So Odhigu is is a, a Kikuyu word that uh, can stand for many meanings, but in honesty, in the honesty virtue, it talks about being upright, being honest, being honest with other people, being honest with your family members. So it's uprightness of character. Exactly. Mm. Truthfulness. Yes. Are you a stand-up guy or a stand-up girl? Yeah. Or a stand-up man or a stand-up woman? Are you? Do you say what you're going to uh, do you do what you're going to say? Integrity. Integrity. That was, that's, uh, and as we talk about these philosophies in Jerry, the thing that I want the, um, the person listening to this podcast is to know that the Agekoyo had a philosophy mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Because today when you go study philosophy in the university, you're going to learn about Socrates and Aristotle and you're going to learn about all these uh, aspects of philosophy, of schools of philosophy, stoicism, uh, essentialism. You're going to learn about all those, uh, existentialism. You're going to learn about so many different schools of philosophy because uh, Greek philosophy was was the most prominent. Mm -hmm. But I do want our listeners and uh, the, the people who... Are listening to this to understand 
that, and I'm not speaking just for the Agekoyo, I'm speaking for a lot of different cultures in general. African cultures too. African uh-huh. cultures, they had philosophies behind what they did. Yes, and that's the word that keeps so powerful. It keeps reminding me, guys, we were not backward and primitive. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Our mental status was not that of children. No. In fact, we had philosophies. I know today we focus, like you're saying, on learning Western philosophies. Mm-hmm. But if we take a step back, we start to realize that even our own ancestors, right, had philosophies in their way of life. And that is something that makes me so proud. So the first virtue uh, and part of our Amoyekoyo philosophy was honesty, uprightness of character, integrity, truthfulness, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What was the second philosophy in uh, the Amoyekoyo ethics or way of life? So uh, the Amoyekoyo looked at generosity very seriously. So generosity. And being, gen- being, gen- being generous doesn't just mean uh, giving money. Mm-hmm. It means being generous with your time, being generous with your uh, uh, material possessions, be, be able, being able to give and not just look at yourself and be selfish. I know we had talked about uh, in a previous podcast about the the Mogari, the, the Agare clan. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> the, uh-huh. the, the ones that actually added water while they were cooking. <laughs> <laughs> the folk tale. Uh-huh. <laughs> but generosity was viewed very seriously. In fact, the Mogekoyo, when they planted... So women, as we've talked about before, were the masters of the land. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who used to plant and sow and seed and and use the land to produce. Mm. Right? And so if you had an abundant harvest, so they what the Mogekoyo used to do is they used to have uh, a a place for storage which is called Ikobe on the road. So that if somebody, a stranger was walking past they could get something to eat. Oh my God, that is so beautiful. And the reason for that, it is beautiful, Jerry. And the reason for that is the fact that they recognized that we have been blessed with an abundant harvest. And one way to show gratitude, one way to give back and show and thank Mwenenyaga for his blessings is to be able to bless other people. Yes. You know, um, another thing is, uh, you know, I remember growing up, and I'm sure you remember this, and in every home that you went to visit, if it was a mogekoyo, they would never let you live without eating something. No, and you'd better go hungry. You better go there <laughs> hungry or you're going to eat. You're it going to matter. eat. Right, yeah. 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 So I, I hear a lot of uh, uh, guys who come visit Kenya from the U.S. and they go visiting their different aunties and uncles, and at every house, they have to eat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you just had a four-course meal at your <laughs> uncle's. <laughs> so let, let me tell you a story, right? <laughs> so I remember when I was coming to America my first time, right? So I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, um, I had all this food, crisps uh-huh. and everything that I was bringing to the States. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting on the plane and opening my crisps, and I had a couple of jungus on my side, so not Kenyans, mm-hmm. and I was so confused. Do I offer them my crisps? <laughs> <laughs> or do I not? I was so confused. 
And then nowadays it's so normal. You don't offer your crisps. You just open up your bag and, and eat, eat it. Yeah, right? yeah. So you're right. Um, that's absolutely our culture in terms of sharing what sharing we have. Sharing and gen- yeah. generosity because mm-hmm. the Mogekoye believes that if you are selfish or if you're mean, yeah. God is not going to extend you that courtesy. So you have to be able to to give to receive. Yeah, so you know it's interesting because when you think about new age culture, religion or way of thought mm-hmm. and you think about eastern philosophy, one of the core pillars of those two philosophies is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Eckhart Tolle, one of my favorite uh, spiritual teachers actually says if there's one prayer you can say every day, it's Thank you. Mm-hmm. And but this also helps me realize the interconnectedness of our own philosophies and the, the 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 platform of gratitude, right? Was not just unique to Eastern philosophies, it was truly embedded in our culture. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally agree. Wonderful. So then yeah. what's the third so the, value? The third uh, ethical pillar or virtue is justice or what we call in Kikuyu, Kihoto. So the Mogekoyo always looked for justice. And that's why you have, you you actually have names like Moshiri. Mm -hmm. You know, the name Moshiri Uh uh, comes from the word Goshira. And so... And what is Goshira? Goshira is to to look for, is to look for justice. Uh Whether Kihoto. Okay. Where that means to search, Kehoto is justice. Okay. And I know Buona Kingori, Mothuri Tikengori, who came on our podcast a few weeks ago, mentioned that Kehoto is one of the main things the Mogekoyo looks for in every uh, aspect of their life. And that's why he, he, he actually said that um, Uhoro. Uh, the word uhoro, like uhoro aku, or wemuhoro, mm. means, uh, you know, are you, uh, are you okay? Do you have um, peace and justice within you? Mm-hmm. Is there anything that is bothering you? Yeah. You know, so kehoto is, is really uh, an, an important virtue for every mogekoyo to have. And <sighs> another thing I'll say, yeah. Jerry, before you, um, you respond is, uh like uh, okay so i'll i'll say this have you ever heard of the word keharo yes a field it's a field right yeah but um keharo comes from the word kohara uh to be broke no oh, Go, okay. to be broke is kohara oh yeah okay it's the intonation <laughs> yeah, okay. intonation yeah okay okay but keharo is where is where kuharana go. Kuharana is not to fight, but is to look for truth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Or kuweza ma, which ma is in a lot of important words in the Kikuyu language. Mm. So the keharo is where, when you have two teams who are duking it out, right? Mm-hmm. What are they trying to find out? Who is the winner? Yeah. What are they trying to do to get Kehoto. So you see how those words yeah. are interlinked and right. inter interdependent. And Kehoto was what? Justice. Yes. Oh. 
Yeah, so the the word keharo or kuhara is not really to fight, it's kuwethama. Mm-hmm. Okay, which to is seek to, the to truth. seek the truth. Oh, so Through wonderful. justice. Yes. Which is kehoto. Right. And I remember you said in one of our podcasts that, you know, to the mogekoyo, right? there had to be justice and reconciliation in every situation. So we've grown up, uh, or most people, when we've embraced the Western philosophy, mm-hmm. sorry is good enough, right? Mm-hmm. So I can come and, you know, do something to hurt you mm-hmm. and say sorry, mm-hmm. right? And we've moved on and we move on. Mm-hmm. And that's probably also normal in most cultures. But what I remember you saying and what I'm taking from this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is that there's the idea, deeply embedded is the idea of justice, mm-hmm. which to me also resonates with Eastern philosophies, which are some of the oldest philosophies mm-hmm. around. We've all heard it. Mm-hmm. Karma. Mm-hmm. What you put, put out comes back, Absolutely. right? Meaning that for there to be justice, mm-hmm. there has to be, I don't know what the right word is. If there was something of certain significance that you did negatively, mm-hmm. there had to be equal compensation to make up for it. That sometimes sorry is not good enough. There has to be equal compensation that is equal to mm-hmm. the to the amount of hurt or or issue that you had. Absolutely. Could you go more into that? Is that true? It's, Do you agree or it, no? It's true. There's actually two things in the Kikuyu language that don't exist really. So it's sorry. Mm-hmm. There's no sorry. Yeah. Actually, the, the, the way to ask for forgiveness is dahoya dejo. Huh. So dahoya dejo is not saying sorry. It's right. you, you actually have to uh, bring something to pay for what you have done <sighs> so that you can, uh, what is called kuhoro here which is to to kind of which comes from the word ohoro yeah which is to 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 seek truth to solve that problem to Beautiful. get justice yes and another thing that the Kiku, in in kikuyu we don't have is coincidence which we we were speaking yeah. earlier yeah. about offline right that there are no coincidences Correct. everything happens uh for a reason yes but you're totally right the mogekoyo uh one of the most important virtues is looking for justice and justice is not saying i'm sorry yeah exactly because mm-hmm. it may not have equal weight to the issue that the violation that you had uh, absolutely it's about equal weight jerry if you slap me right now mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and i was about to because i'm like you know i was feeling it in me <laughs> and you say sorry uh-huh. and that that doesn't uh, equal yeah. the the slap. It doesn't placate it enough. It doesn't. Yeah. It has to be something more significant. Yes. So Okay, um, beautiful. Okay, so number three was justice. Mm-hmm. So what was number four? What was the fourth ethical virtue? The, the fourth ethical virtue uh, is courage, which I don't know if you know the word courage in Kikuyu. Tell me. Uh... We spoke about it before. <laughs> of course I know it. Don't test me in public. You know, I get oh, shy. you don't want to be tested? <laughs> I get shy when I'm speaking in public. <laughs> so I'll give you a clue. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about it during the episode of Gemi. Yes. And it's the fifth Gemi. For the boys. For the boys, yes. which was courage. Yes. Uh, so courage, since you're not answering. <laughs> Is Oshaba. Uh-huh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> At first I thought it's like Ushamba. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> That's how I remember. Okay, Oshamba. Wow. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Shamba. <laughs> you are. <laughs> wow, uh-huh. that's terrible. Uh-huh. So, courage is 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 wide. Mm. It's not just being courageous, like in terms of what we des- described as orome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in being able to have, uh, of course, bravery. And bravery is important in life. And we've talked about this, Jerry, even offline, where if you are not able to take risks in life and be able to be courageous, you're, you're not going to be able to prosper or the people who reach are, your life's potential, exact, fullest potential. Exactly. Yes. So you have to have bravery, man or woman or child, you have to have bravery so that you can be able to uh, move the needle and be able to reach higher heights in life. So the other, the other way, the other thing, the other aspect of courage or Oshaba that the Mogekoyo has is in being diligent. So having what is called keo, and I'm sure you've had uh, mm-hmm. the name Nyakeo. Yes. Which is, you know, having putting effort in things that you do, you know, working hard. Um, and being able to, so I, I think one thing I'll say about effort is, you know, in today's society, we um, we think that, you know, you can get rich quickly. Yeah. Uh, or you can strike it rich uh, in a day. Right. And so what we do is, you know, we, we, have, we, we have the courage to take the risks, but we don't want to do the work. Or we don't want to persist. We don't want to persist. The moment it gets a little tough, we want to pull back. Exactly. Right. So in Kikuyu, we say, Gwekira, Mohodia. Like, Kuhodia things is to make them light mm. uh, and not be able to to uh, put in your best, put your best foot forward and, and do the work. Consistently. Consistent. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, KO is is uh, is an aspect of courage. Okay. So another aspect of courage is what is called okirereria, or uh, being able to in in um, in difficult situations, being able to be calm, oh. being able to be stoic. So okirereria means to be able to. You know, for example, you're you're driving and somebody cuts you off. <laughs> yeah. Being able to control your emotions and not yeah. um, cast them out or call them out or right. chase them, <laughs> chase right. them with your car. It's 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 an aspect of being brave in terms of you're able to what is called wekideria or to just to become. Yeah, it's beautiful. And it also helps when, um, for example, you it would be a losing battle to be brave. So, for example, if I was going to fight uh, Goliath and and the, it was, it's good to be brave, but that situation I'll most likely lose, right? Right, yeah. So you can be calm and be able to solve that problem by calmness. Oh, wow, calmness of spirit. Exactly. Beautiful. Exactly. Okay. And which, which brings it to, which is very uh, close in, Relation to kohoreri, okay, which comes from kohora, kohora, which uh-huh. is which is gentleness. Yeah, you know, 
you can be uh, brave but be a gentle soul. Yeah. It you know braveness doesn't have to be macho. Mm-hmm. It can be you're brave in your mind and your spirit but you're a gentle person. Oh, so beautiful. Absolutely, yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so then what was the fifth ethical philosophy of the Agyekoyo? So the fifth e- uh, ethical principle or philosophy of the Agyekoyo was wekideria, which is um temperance. And so temperance is the the way you can be able to control your willpower. Hmm. So being able to abstain from certain things, like being able to fast for 10 days, 20 days, 30 days or 5 days, being able to have that ability to be able to abstain from certain things. It's really about I hear it sounds like self-control, the ability to manage yourself. Absolutely. It's yeah, it's self-control. And Jerry, we talked about this earlier in in previous podcasts, the fact that in certain ceremonies, the Mogekoyo had to fast. Mm -hmm. They had to abstain from certain things like, you know, sex. Mm -hmm. They had to be able to cleanse themselves by going without things that they would normally have. Mm -hmm. And so that was considered very critical, especially when it came to things like magogona uh, where or ceremonies or rituals that you had to be pure of spirit you had to have cleansed yourself you had to have gone you ha- you have to have abstained from certain things okay so i think that's beautiful wayaki mm-hmm. i mean gosh the more i listen about our culture mm-hmm. the more i'm like are you kidding me mm-hmm. why did i not learn about this before right? Mm-hmm. Because it's so deep, rich, and powerful. Like really, our ancestry, our heritage is something to be proud of. All right, Wayaki. So now, I mean, that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and kind of recite this, the, 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 the five virtues, mm-hmm. right? Or the ethical principles, and then we can move on to the next thing, right? Okay, yeah. So Wayaki, to me, this is so beautiful. When you think about the Ayekoyo, our ancestors, mm-hmm. they had principles of life that every Mogekoyo aspired to have ire naireri, honor and legacy and wealth, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But to live a life with these five virtues of honesty, which is the uprightness of character, generosity and a generous spirit, mm-hmm. right? Justice, right? Courage, which you defined as three different things, and temperance, which is self-control or self-management. Just think about those beautiful principles. If we can even all just apply that to our lives, like how much more would we thrive? And I think that this is beautiful. So I'd like to add one thing, uh, Jerry, and thanks for that beautiful summary that you just summarized. I like the way you normally summarize my thoughts because sometimes my thoughts are random. No, your thoughts are amazing. <laughs> so I, anybody who wants to learn more about uh, these, these ethical principles or virtues of the Mogekoyo uh, should go and uh, buy the book by uh, Hannah Wangeshi Kenoti. Uh, may she rest in peace. She passed away uh, a while back. Uh, the, the book is called African Ethics. Agekoyo uh, traditional morality. You, it goes into depth on each of the virtues mm-hmm. and explains even further what ire and ireri mean. 
Wonderful. Okay, thank you for sharing that. All right, Wayaki. So let me move us on to the next question. Um which has to do, let us, let me move us on to the purpose of the podcast, which is the stages of life of a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. But before we jump into that, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Why should we, in this modern contemporary world, mm-hmm. care about the stages of life of a mogekoyo man and woman from back then? Why should we care? That's, uh, that's a good question, Jerry. I think that, you know, every life has, uh, that is, is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. So for a child to be born, there has to be a purpose for that life. Yeah. So the Mogekoyo believed that life happened in stages. So you are uh, a baby, then you became a, a young boy, young girl, then you became a young man, a uh, young or a teenager. And at each and every stage of your life, certain important things had to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, to go as you become an adult and become an older um, man or woman, you become a, a, a parent, you become a, a grandparent. Those levels that you were passing were levels of honor mm. and respect. Oh, so it was not just a factor of, does it, I mean, okay. So are you saying you had to earn it? Like basically just because I'm of a certain age doesn't mean I have graduated from one stage to the next? It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm. And, and actually even for the, for the, actually for men and women, the latter stages of your life, you had to earn them because, um, for example, if you hadn't paid Boria uh, Kiyama, you would not be able to get into the Kiyama. Okay, and I know you're going to tell us more about that. Yeah, okay. I won't talk about Kiyama uh, in detail because uh, the details of the Kiyama are not spoken on mm-hmm. on, on uh, TV or on because they, they belong to the Kiyama. They're sacred. They're sacred. That's correct. Okay. Okay, but what I'm hearing you say, mm-hmm. right, is that these stages that we're going to go into, mm-hmm. you don't just get them because you became old. No, you right? don't. You really, for some of these stages, and you'll talk them through, through them with us, mm-hmm. you had to earn through each stage. You had to do what needed to be done in order to progress or graduate into the next stage. Right. So I guess, Wayaki, my question is, what if you didn't graduate? Like, what if you st- stood stuck in one of these stages? So if you are stuck in one of these stages, then you would lose respect among your peers. Mm. So it would be, um, for example, you have uh, a meeting of, you know, older women who have uh, reached a certain level and you would not be invited. Oh, so they really were uh, societal consequences there are societal consequences okay exactly there are societal consequences that i think in today's contemporary world are not that felt but uh it's important to understand what because what these stages were reinforcing is is the the purity of life of a mogekoyo you have to be able to leave certain virtues so that you can be able to graduate into these levels. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was forcing you to achieve ire and ireri. Yes. It was kind of pushing you in that direction. Just naturally. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, I love that. Okay, so let's jump in and talk about the seven stages. Oh, wait, how many stages are there? Uh, there are actually nine for oh. e- <laughs> Close enough. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So let's go in and talk about the stages because, guys, as you're listening, and this is what I'm going to do, I want to start hearing if... In all of these stages, if they have relevance in my life, if they, if there is something I can take from them mm-hmm. and apply into my modern contemporary world, or if I can, at the very minimum, relate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all right, Waiyaki, let's jump in. There were nine stages. Okay. So, so what was the first stage? So the first stage is when you're born, and you know when you're born. We talked about your stage for gemi, depending on whether you're a girl or a boy. Yes. But the 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 baby who has just been born uh-huh. uh, is called a uh, gakege or muanawaru okay. kege. So that's or uh, shora or munyoge. These terms are used in different parts of the Kikuyu because there's uh, Nyeri, Muranga, and Kabeta. They used to use different terminology to Kirinaga. describe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, but Muanawaru Kege is, is usually a, a common phrase to describe a newborn baby. So that was the first stage of your life as a, as a person. And at that time, there was no differentiation between girl or boy. You were just a Rokege or mm-hmm. Gakege. Then, uh, as you grow a little bit older... And we said that, you know, the first major ceremony or that happens when you're born is they say gemi for you. They put blessings, they pour blessings over you. And intention. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Which, which blessings we call blessings in uh, in Kikuyu, dadhimi. Kuradhima is to bless. Mm-hmm. So dadhimi is the blessing. Okay. So, um, so after that stage, when you're born, after a few years, um, you become a toddler. Okay. So a toddler is either muanawa kahe or muanawa kairetu. And uh, when now before, as you reach four or five years old, you're uh, you know you're a toddler. You're moving out to be like a small girl or a small boy. That's when the second birth happens. Okay. And we've talked about the second birth, which is uh Right. Which is really, uh, if I can compare it to any ceremony that uh, Christians have do, is it's like your baptism. Okay. And the significance of this, we won't go into the details of the second birth, but the significance of this ceremony that was done is to... So the child before the second birth was considered still a part of the, um, the mother. Mm-hmm. Actually, they, they were considered one and the same thing because in our culture, the, the child from when they are a, a, a baby to a toddler never left the woman's side. And that's why you've seen even in pictures on Instagram that depict our culture 100 years ago or 50 years ago. You always see even if a woman was going to the river, going to the farm, she had her baby on her back. Yeah. So uh, the baby was considered actually part of the mother. The mother, okay, an extension. Like the baby didn't have its own identity. identity. So the 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 ceremony of the second birth is literally means to return the baby into the womb. The womb, yeah. And so that ceremony was done, 
and it actually signified uh, a second uh, cutting of the umbilical cord. Mm. And so that's when the baby earned the name Kahe or uh, Kairetu. Mm. So before, they were Mwanawa Kahe and Mwanawa Kairetu, but this, now they actually have a soul and a complete gender. I love that. They almost earned their identity. Exactly. Yeah. And so the second birth was a very important ceremony. And, you know, at this point, Jerry, is when um, if, if the parents or the family felt that the name the child was given at birth would meet misfortune, they would give the child an alternate name. Okay. They would change the name. Yeah. Because, you know, names are very powerful, and we spoke about this before. Yes. But this is where they would change the name mm. to make sure that if that name that they had given the child, girl or boy, was uh, being followed by unfortunate events, yes. then they would cut that cord cord and give this child, you know, a new lease of life. Wow, that's so beautiful and deeply spiritual. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. So then what was the third stage? So the third stage is now um, the, ch- the, the boy or the girl become a, a kehe, which is a big boy, or kairet, uh, or actually keiretu, or so actually I didn't say stage number two, Stage number two for a boy, it's kahe. Okay. The girl is called karego. Okay. So, uh, so that there's a dis- distinction there. So, and then when the boy becomes bigger, he becomes a kahe, uh, and the girl becomes a kerego, which is uh, a big girl. Okay. And a big girl, I mean, even uh, you know, nine years, ten years of age. Okay. Where they can be sent, they can be given some responsibilities, but the the thing is, they haven't gone through initiation. I see. But in this stage, they start taking on responsibilities. Some responsibilities. Yeah, of course, in accordance to their age. To their age, But, yes. you know, before maybe they were just playing now, yeah. you start learning yeah. some of these values like hard work. Yeah. And, yeah. and another thing is, now at this point, as as uh, we've, talked, uh, we've talked offline, Jerry, uh most African cultures used to teach by storytelling. Yeah. So when they are in that stage is where they were being, they would sit around the, the fire and they would be told stories of, uh, you know, folk tales, or this is where they would start being given cultural instruction. So every, every evening they would sit down and they would be, give, like the girl would sit down with her mom, she'd be given some, some stories, she'd be taught how to cook, she'd be taught about things that to do with women, and then the boys would sit around their, their dad's um, house and he would give them instructions and, and just give them stories yeah. to teach them according to their age. Yeah, of course. And that's how they learned Kerira, that's how they learned their culture, all through that stage until they 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 were getting to the stage where they would get initiated oh my gosh i love how intentional this is so far right Mm -hmm. so so far just the three years the first stage is all about pouring blessing and intention Mm -hmm. right into the little one the newborn right Mm -hmm. then they move on to the next stage again very intentional where we're going through a second birth or baptism right where now the child earned their soul their Mm -hmm. identity their agenda 
Mm-hmm. And then now we moved on to the third stage, which was again so intentional and purposeful, right? Where the child started taking on responsibilities to teach the virtues of hard work. But on top of that, we started intentionally infusing lessons and cultural instruction. Wow, that mm-hmm. is so well drawn out. What a beautiful map to create a rounded human being. Mm-hmm. So then what was stage four? So stage four was now uh, a new stage. So where um, the girls would, uh, the girls and the, and the boys would go through initiation. And so, and you know, initiation is another whole topic on its own, but this is where they would learn. They would go and learn about becoming adults. And mind you, as we spoke about it in the last podcast, uh, initiation used to happen uh, when the children were a bit older. Right. So in the 18, 18 to even 20 years of age is when initiation would happen. Right. Because it was preparing them for two things. One, marriage. And then for men, it was preparing them for to go into what is called the... Um, to warrior status. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, the, the, the warrior status, the Kikuyu warriors, they had several levels in them, which we won't talk about today, like Itugati, Kamatimo, but it was the, so initiation was preparing them to go and now be warriors and to look for wealth. You know, because if they didn't, go and look for wealth, they would not end up marrying. Yeah. And so a good thing to point out here is at that particular stage, especially for men, you have to have Oshaba, which is the gemi you are said for yes. as a baby. Bravery. Because let's think let's let's think about it. So um what the 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 how are they acquiring wealth back then? You go and steal it from other tribes. And so stealing stealing is a strong word. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. As I said, we're very, we were very ethical. <laughs> okay. Ste- stealing is a whole... Is a, it's a new word. Yeah. yeah. So, it's not the right word. So the word that the Mugekoyo uses is called hutaha. Uh-huh. So they, they would go hutaha. But you know nowadays when we think about what Taha is like bankruptcy <laughs> and they come and Taha you. <laughs> the, right? word, the word Taha can be used in many different okay. ways. But they would go and, and, uh, and raid and get okay. cattle, sheep, goats from, especially the Maasai. Okay, raid. Raid, yes. right? And it was both ways. Everybody it was both raided ways. each other. Exactly, yeah. right. exactly. And why were they doing this? Is It's because the men knew that the only way I can start the process of dowry and earn a family and move to the next level is to have cows and goats and all that, right? Oh my goodness, that totally connects. So if I'm not brave and I I can't go raid and I can't be a good warrior, then I cannot earn, right, a bride. And not that a bride was a possession, right? But I cannot pay the respect needed, right, to have a bride. To be the kind of man a woman would be proud to marry. Exactly. Oh, that's beautiful. And you know, if you contrast that with today, you know, um, women want a man that has possessions. That is stable. It's And you know... You might say it's gold digging or anything, but it's uh, instinctually a woman wants a man that can provide for her right. and their offspring. Right. That's biological. Yeah. That's, it's a biological, it's yeah. in their DNA. Right. So if you're not brave, you cannot be able to earn 
you cannot be able to get the requisite wealth to go in Russia. Yes. Oh my goodness. I never knew this. <laughs> you just like connected so many dots for me. And then the other thing is, you know, obviously, you know, I'd like this is a side note. So I think a lot of people think Russia is buying a woman. It's not buying a woman. You're actually buying blessings. Mm-hmm. It's not because you cannot actually buy a human being. A human being is priceless. That is such an important distinction, Wayaki. Yeah, you can't buy a human being because that the life of a human being was a miracle. How 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 much money are you going to pay God for a human being? You can't. Yeah. So, uh the notion that you know the 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 Rorashio process is a process of knowing the other family, getting to be friends with that family and to get the blessings for those children for that man and woman that come together in marriage. Ah. Oh, beautiful. So, yeah, going back. So <laughs> so stage 4 was initiation. Uh, initiation where now the 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 young man becomes a mumo or kumeri. So mm. kumeri is is kumera means coming out. Okay. Or coming of age, really. Yeah, yeah. And then the girl is a moiretu. Okay. Who is unmarried. Okay. Right? So that's that stage and that stage like i said is very important especially for for even for for the girls because the girls had to have the ethical virtues of like temperance yeah because if 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 men or the young men who are looking to get married saw you as a girl as being you know loose of or poor moral character you would not be one of their first choices or if they went to their parents and said uh you know I'm, i want to marry so and so and the parents would be like you know that girl from that family you know you know how she is right <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know about all that but i want to say something which is so exciting and delicious okay which is on the next podcast uh-huh. we will touch on sexuality within the ayekoyo culture so don't miss out because i'm telling you there are going to be some big revelations right <laughs> For sure. in terms of how the ayekoyo really thought about sex mm-hmm. right it's actually quite eye opening so good to know okay good so are we ready to move on to the the fifth one or do you have one more point yeah i i don't think i have any more to say i think we'll delve into these topics deeper in the future but um so let's move on to the the fifth okay, stage of life number five. so the fifth stage of life is now when uh the the young man becomes a mwanake and he's you know he's attained his warrior status and is looking now to get married okay mm-hmm. so and the woman as well so ready for marriage is a stage yes okay so re- readiness for marriage okay and actually you know that stage 4 and stage 5 are kind of similar because you know as we said earlier once you you go through initiation it's preparing you for these two things uh for men warriorhood and marriage and for women marriage. Yeah. And you know what's so fascinating about so compare it to today's life. Like this is so similar. Mm-hmm. Think about it. When we're done with um 
high school, form four, right? Mm -hmm. Most of us then step into that next stage, which we would call initiation, right? Mm -hmm. Where we begin life as an adult and we all go and seek those things that prepare us for marriage, right? right? A man will go and seek stability financially, mm -hmm. right? Wealth, so he can take care of his family. A woman will do the same, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But in that sense, she too is seeking that place where she is ready to step into the next phase of her life. So she's preparing herself too through education, mm -hmm. seeking stability, you know, emotional growth for everybody mm -hmm. so that you can be ready for stage the five. The next step. Yeah. Beautiful. And then now you're ready for marriage. So do we just jump into stage six or what? Yes, let's jump into stage six. So stage six is where the, the man becomes uh, a moduri and uh, or uh, another, another word for moduri is, uh, is called karavai. So Muduri is an interesting uh, word because I don't know if you know what the word Muduri means. Yeah, my old man. No, just a man, right? Okay, yeah. But the the word Muduri comes from the word Wudura. Oh, discretion? No, no uh, Wudura means to choose. choose. Yes. So To choose wisely. To choose wisely. That's, you hit the nail on the head. So a man is is known to or a, a muduri a man who can be called a muduri is somebody who is known to make good decisions and to choose wisely and not just choosing a, a good wife it's discernment in all aspects of your life that's what i was looking for discernment not the other one i said with a d yes mm -hmm. okay. yes so discernment and being able to choose wisely and so um for the woman is where she becomes a uh, Kangei. So, a is like a, a woman who is uh, married and maybe has one child. So, yeah, like a young bride. Okay. So, that's that's the level. And, you know, um, at this stage, say, if the, the Muduri and the Kangei have a child or children, they can be called names of respect. So, either wa or Nganya. Nganya or yeah. Yes. And, you know, so <laughs> I was talking to my cousin recently who uh, got a child. Uh -huh. And I called her and we were, we were talking about, I was telling her, hey, now, you know, you're Nyinawangania. Mm -hmm. And she was like, ah, don't say that. That's making me old, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, 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 no. Being called Ninawanganiya, not everybody can be called that. It's reverence. It's reverence, respect. Yes. It's a very, very important, yes. a very important stage or important uh, address of respect yeah. when you call somebody Ninawanganiya. Yeah, but if you think about it, that's part of westernization, right? Mm -hmm. Where if, and tell me if I'm wrong, but at least growing up, mm -hmm. people of elderly status, meaning older than you, mm -hmm. were to be respected. Mm -hmm. Age and came with wisdom mm -hmm. and it was respect. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of resisting what happens naturally, which is every single person ages. Mm -hmm. If you're 20 today, you will be 30 if you're lucky. You'll be 40, you'll be 50 if you're lucky, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that really is a Western thing. So this really, way to a war, being called that mm -hmm. is really something of honor. Age is something of honor. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And to add to that, um, you know, you you have to respect your elders. Yeah. That that was one thing. Where, and whether it's your parents, 
and uh, people people who are your parents' age are like your parents. Yes. So so our culture used to have those virtues of being able to respect yes. people of age, people who have attained those levels. That is correct. Age is not weakness. No. Age is not only a blessing, mm-hmm. right? But it is uh, uh, that maturity comes with added respect. Uh, exactly. Beautiful. So then what was stage seven? So stage seven was Muduri uh, wa Kiyama. So... Uh, the kiyama, uh, which we won't, we won't go into detail on the kiyama, but you know the word kiyama means uh, care of ma truth. Kiyama. So counsel of truth. Yeah. No care or care means to have. Okay. So or or not to have, but of of truth. So kiyama. So this is. Uh, uh, now a stage in a man's life where the man would enter the kiyama. And this is a, a group where you get further instructions on our culture. You know, things that are deeper than just the regular uh, instructions you would get, say, as a child. And, you know, um, the our our language was so deep in terms of you know, you could give children in, uh, cultural instructions and they would understand. And then you could talk as adults and children were present, but they wouldn't get what you were talking about. Right, because they hadn't been through that education. Exactly. And, you know, I think just to to say one thing about the stages is that, you know, you want to experience each stage as you go. You don't want to miss a stage because if you miss a stage, you're going to come and maybe repeat it as an adult. Mm-hmm. So each stage was important to live that stage in that order. It's like if you didn't go clubbing in your 20s. Yeah. You're, <laughs> like, and not, not, I mean, like, really, I'm not talking about a lounge where it's chill. I'm talking about, like, every clubbing, you know? Like a like disco. You, you are, yeah, like a disco. You have to bump each other off because you're all in each other's space. So you find yourself... Yeah, you know, you, at much later ages, <laughs> you're in the club. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, and okay. you know, you don't want to do that. You don't <laughs> I mean, do, maybe you do. You but you're right. You do. You don't want to <laughs> enjoy that stage. You want to okay. enjoy that stage and move on to something else. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that stage for the woman was the nyakenyua. So the, the nyakenyua is an important stage because this is the stage where now um, you have, you know, children who have already gone through initiation. Mm. So you know you get you get into now you get into another different group of women who are nyakenywa, who that's that's their respect level, mm-hmm. and you would be looked at as a so for a man a, a woman who is has reached that level, and she's of character and she carries herself well, is what we normally call today as gather, mutumia mm-hmm. gather. So mutumia gather is is like an honorable woman. You know, she's 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 has a level of respect that is high. I love that. Not only respect, but I'm hearing also authority. Authority. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, you know, Moduriwa Kiyama. Because me, I'm not a Moduriwa Kiyama. I cannot be able. I have to look at any Moduri Moduriwa Kiyama with a lot of respect and a lot of reverence. And you know, it may not be happening in today's society. But that's how it was back then. Yeah. That you know, you had to. Um, 
you know amuduri wakiyama could send me i could be their messenger yeah. and they could ask me to do things for them because i hadn't reached that level yes and this was this was was any muduri wakiyama so there was that level of respect and uh reverence for people who had attained um higher level. a higher level that's beautiful and, okay and and you know let me add one more thing that what that did is it created order in the kikuyu society you know it. it's it, you know because life is chaotic what it did is it created order and respect it created what we called or what uh bonakingori called uhoro or peace mm, yes you know right because when there is no chaos internal or external to you uh-huh. there is peace there's peace exactly ah oh, beautiful okay so then what was stage number 8 so stage number 8 for the man was the muduri wa matadi so um and then for the woman it was the nyakenyua goro so the first nyakenyua was nyakenyua nini the other one was nyakenyua stage 8 was nyakenyua goro so nyakenyua goro is um now an older woman who now even her children are married and so and so these levels certain things while now you, when you reach those levels now you could do certain things that you couldn't do before like uh uh, uh goro now because her children are married she can drink she could have participated in drinking moratina during ceremonies she was allowed because she had reached that level mm. you know and even now uh the uh the she had earned it she had earned it she had yeah, she had earned that level okay but i have to ask this question at mm-hmm. what level did men start drinking um so the same level oh same. good okay i like the idea of equity it it, it wasn't it wasn't okay. this this disparate it wasn't beautiful because i do believe that about our culture and our ancestors it, absolutely yeah. it, it wasn't disparate because so the muduri wa matadi is somebody who already now their children had already gone they had gone through initiation they had gone through marriage they so they could they, they could drink as well yeah And you know we talked about Moratina and I said that yes. um s- certain levels young men young women are not allowed to drink. Yes, you did say that. Yeah. Exactly. So Oh, that's beautiful. Okay. On to the last stage uh-huh. is uh so for the woman it's uh she was described as Keheti. So this is an older woman like a like a grandma um who would not leave the homestead or and then for the man he would be called uh matura guru so this is an a really old man and that level was like the the last level where they have actually lived their life they have um children grandchildren and maybe great grandchildren they have seen these four generations come and they have lived their life uh in a in a virtuous way Yeah. And at this point I'm imagining a they may need a t- caretaker which is fine mm-hmm. but they still possess all the wisdom and they're probably ready for the next stage which yes. is moving into the afterlife. Exactly. Ah. And one difference between obviously getting a caretaker is is you know in western societies we send our uh, our grandparents or our parents to homes Home. uh that's not african at yeah. all you yeah. know we would we would take care of uh our parents. our parents and you know 
one of the reasons why that would happen is we had large families. So you could always have a niece, nephew, look after your grandfather, your great-grandfather. There yeah. would always be someone available. You were never alone and you were never abandoned. You always belonged. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's so beautiful, Waiyaki. And I think what's so powerful about this, right, is the fact that when you think about the nine stages, mm-hmm. right, you recognize that it was heavy on a couple of things. It was heavy on education and growth. Like in each stage, you were growing not only from a soul level, but also from a mind level because so much education was happening. You recognize that it was very purposeful and intentional. Nothing was a coincidence or by mistake. Your life had been planned out and not in a negative way, but intentionally setting you up for success Mm -hmm. in each stage of your life. So nobody was abandoned. Like in essence, no no one was left behind. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, I also love what you said is that because of this, right, we created order. Right in our society, that's how we created order because everybody went through the same stages, learned the same stages, so the community had the same thinking and mm-hmm. the same values. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That resulted in peace. I have to tell you that these, you know, nine stages combined with the five virtues that you just talked about, I can see them weaved in there and I see them not only applied in our life, but I also see that order in that structure as something so purposeful and beautiful. And I know that's my favorite word, but I find our culture to be so beautiful. <laughs> it is. So any last words before we talk about where, what the next podcast will be about? Um, you know, I think we've exhausted uh, and taught the listener. There's much more uh, to learn about the stages of life and uh, in each stage, the ceremonies that happen. So I think this is a good foundation for our listeners to dig deep and, you know, read books and find out more about the philosophy of a man's life and a, uh, and a woman's life in our culture. Oh, thank you so much, Waiyaki. Uh, this has been so insightful. And as always, once you listen, it leaves you feeling proud to be who you are. So I guess my question for you is, what's the next topic going to be about? Because I think it's going to be a ton of fun. So what can we expect the next episode to be about? So, Jerry, that's a good question. I think the next podcast uh, will have some good surprises. And uh, we are hoping to delve deeper into uh, some of the topics we talked about today. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I'm eager to get into the next podcast. Thank you so much, Wayaki. You're welcome. Thank you for listening and being present and engaged in today's episode. We are grateful. Follow Materia Gemi on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you enjoy this podcast, give us a rating and review wherever you listen to us. Our website is www.materia-gemi.simplecast.com. The podcast was produced by Waiyaki Geshaga and Jerry Diho. Our sound editor is Njenga Giggs. Thanks again, and please share widely.